<laughs> My name's Alison Cairns. I was born way back in 1965. <laughs> um, I um, grew up in Glasgow. And um, yeah, just a sort of normal growing up life. Um, quite good. Enjoyed school and everything. Professionally, I'm currently Chief Executive of Bipolar Scotland. Um, and I've been doing that for 18 years. And before that, I worked for the Ministry of Defence. I was a civil servant and I worked in HR and training. Um, so it's quite a change yeah. of, of environment, but that was a long, long time ago. Um, and my own life is I've been, I'm, I've been married to my husband for 30 years and I've got two grown up children. <laughs> Lovely, that was great, thank you. Um, and so what was your first role within mental health and the arts then? Um, running Bipolar Scotland, um, we decided in, right in the very early days of the um, Scottish Mental Health Arts and Film Festival, as it was, um, well, we were very interested in that right from the start um, and thought it was brilliant. And in, I'm, I'm racking my brains trying to think of the year, but I think it was 2009, um, that one of my team proposed that we did a poetry competition. It wasn't linked to the festival, but we decided that creative writing was something that people would be, you know, might be interested in, something that we wanted to see how it went, basically. So we just ran a Bipolar Scotland poetry competition. And as I say, I think it was 2009, it was thereabouts. Um, and it was really successful. We ended up liaising with the festival. Um, Lee was running it back then. And we liaised with them and they arranged for us to have an award ceremony at the CCA in Glasgow. So we had that event and it was it exceeded our expectations. It was really, really good. We had in our judging panel, we had like authors and poets involved in, um, in judging it. So we'd been really lucky right from the start. And when we had that event, um, I say it was a member of my team that had been running it. I wasn't personally involved until the awards night and it was just amazing when you saw how the people were reading out their poetry and um, the finalists and you saw how it affected them and um, I mean I had to jump on the stage and read somebody's because she got too upset and it was just really powerful and really re just, we just thought it was brilliant and mm -hmm. um, very twee it was called the verse factor <laughs> quite get in there um, <laughs> And as I say, Lee was director of the festival at the time, and he he thought it was he said he thought it was a really really good event. Um, so two years later, we missed a year out in between, and two years later, we ran a short story competition, um, and that worked as well as if not better. Um, and again, we liaised with the festival to get a venue to have the awards and such like. Um, and at that point, um, Lee said, this is better than some of the events from I Write. So let's see what we can do to make it bigger and better. Mm. So from then on, we've worked together. We became partners in the, um, in the in SMAF. And we've got a combined writing competition, which started off with five categories. So that has been going, I think, 2013, thereabouts. Um, so we've been doing it for a good few years now as a full partners in the festival on that. And it's just brilliant. I get involved um, as I've somehow managed to get myself on the judging panel. So my qualification is I'm a reader. <laughs> Good enough, eh? Oh. <laughs> 
Um, so we do that and it's brilliant. And so what made you go from poetry in 2009 to try and short stories in 2011? Um, it's just for something different. It was, a, it was a member of my team, one of my development officers, and she said, let's try it. Let's, you know, do this for, for something different and see how that goes. And I think we were debating where we're going to do schools competitions, you know, how ambitious were we? Um, but we kept it to being adults you know it's it's aimed at well 16 plus um so yeah it was just just to to be different and then after that we thought do you know what combine it do all you know different categories as well give people more of a chance and so what are the five categories you've got now well there are now we went down to three this year but it started off as short story poetry um newspaper article, letter, and diary stroke blog. So this year we changed to poetry, short story, and everything else combined into creative nonfiction. And that has worked really, really well. We've been really impressed by what we got in that last category this year. So we'll be sticking to that. And have you seen the number of uh, participants and entries increase uh, from 2009 or has it been somewhat steady? Um, it actually varies year to year. It's usually, it's definitely grown since then. Um, we average probably just over 100 entries. But last year, and we imagine it's because Ian Rankin was hosting the award um, ceremony, we had over 200 entries, which was murder to try and judge. <laughs> um, but it was brilliant that people took, got involved. So, yeah, this year I think we had about 130-something entries um, split over the three categories. So it's really good and it gets a lot of interest and it's um, international, so you do have entries from all over the world. Amazing. And so... Prior to you being a, a judge, I know you were saying at the beginning it was one of your development officers that came to you with the idea, but what other roles and activities have you been personally involved in? Um, well, I hosted, I've, I've hosted the award ceremonies um, before we became, you know, before we, when we did it on our own, before we, it was a full part of SMAF. Um, I've, sort of, you know, been the host, sort of doing the announcements and things like that. So um, done all that kind of thing and got involved helping I got involved helping with the admin because it's actually a big, big job. Um, logging them all in, making sure they remain anonymous mm. and obviously coming up with the, the rules and the guidelines, working, um, making sure that was what we wanted and it covered sort of privacy and all the legal things you need to think about as well. Um, and I've always read them, even uh, not knowing who wrote them. Got, got, yeah. got to get, uh, trying to keep getting them logged in and making sure there's no names on them and keeping it anonymous and making sure they tie in with the right person um, is sometimes can be, can be tricky. Uh, but no, so I've, I've done all that. So over the past few years, I've been kind of short-staffed from time to time and I've taken on all the admin of it as well myself um, if I've had nobody else to do it. This year, I kind of had to haul in a volunteer to, to do it for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I've... I know inside out, you know, um, put the rules together, administered it, judged it. 
So yeah, yeah that's brilliant. It's it's yeah, that's a great way of, a great way of competition. And what are some of your favourite memories then from uh, past uh, events as well as maybe the ones more recently? Oh my goodness. Um, do you know, right at the very first one, the, the poetry one, I don't know, it felt quite intense. I It's a very long story that I won't go into, but I wasn't meant to be hosting it and got and it, there was a very upsetting situation that had occurred within the organisation that I ended up at the last minute having to do it even with this upsetting news in the background. Um, but it was brilliant because it was it was so intense. Um, and then when you had, you know, let's say somebody was reading out the poem and just broke down and couldn't do it. And reading somebody's poetry blind is not an easy thing to do because you want to do them justice. Um, and it was only, and I just had to take it on and read it. And I thought, oh, I hope I did her justice because it was only at the end that I actually realised this poem was about her dad's funeral. Mm. You know, no wonder she got upset reading it. And whatever. so things like that just make it really personal. Um, and it's the fact people come from, if they're a finalist, you know, they've maybe come from the south of England or something. I don't think we've had any of, because we have had finalists are American and things, but I don't think they've come over for the awards. But we have had people come up from, I think the other year it was Brighton was the furthest. And it's just, brilliant to see um that they do it so you meet some really good people um and get their get their stories because a lot of the writing is very personal yeah could imagine that um, yeah and obviously you were saying they're reading somebody else's poetry as well as going through something intense as well do you f- find that listening or reading the pieces has impacted your mental health whilst doing it has it made you feel better or can it be cathartic it- it definitely can. It definitely can do both. Um, uh, because yeah, if you're reading something and somebody's coming out the other end of a bad situation or coming to terms with what's going on with them, that's that's just great to read. Um, you know, it's kind of the feel good factor. Um, but yeah, some things you can read and think, oh wow, that's. And then you start wondering who the person is, how they are, as well. I was thinking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, so you're not really, I mean, personally, I'm not thinking about me, although some of them do bring up, do bring up things for everybody, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, some of the more powerful ones are really about really difficult situations. Could imagine. Uh, it's not all nice and fluffy. <laughs> and some of the, my favourite, some of my favourites are ones that are written in like Scots dialect. And things, some of them are brilliant. They're maybe not even meant to be funny, but when you hear them read the way they're written, they're brilliant. I do like them. And what do you think uh, writing about lived experiences can can give people? Or what have you seen give, uh, give people? It can give people a real sense of being in control. But because sometimes, I don't know why, they've just seen something about this competition and thought, I could write that and they've maybe not even set out to to have this effect but by writing down something that's really personal and really affected them it can be really cathartic for people um it can also have it can also have bad effects on on people it brings things out into the open but all the time it's raising their awareness and maybe helping them get help and realise what's going on that they maybe hadn't acknowledged until that point. 
Um, so yeah, it's and it's just a way of releasing feelings and and things, getting things written down, and then can just leave people feeling oh, I'm totally drained. That's out of me, but I can move on from there. Um, and yeah. some of the pieces when you're picking them. Um, to be finalists, which get read on the night of the awards, you're kind of thinking, is this person going to be able to do that? Because it's, um, you know, we've had pieces about abuse and um, they, they always stand out, but they always manage. Um, and people do say it. that just has really helped me getting that down on paper. So it's a real, it's therapeutic. And when you, first started the awards ceremony obviously 2009 you did the poetry and then 2011 and then from 2013 it seemed to be that there was the wider uh writing pieces that came involved but throughout that time how do you feel uh what was being discussed by the people who were entries has changed do you think people are more open now or do you think it's always been the same for them do you know what? I hadn't actually even thought about that before. But yes, I do think people are more open now. I think pieces are maybe more personal and powerful rather than, you know, sometimes it's just a piece of, you know, well, there's a subject because obviously we use the theme of the festival. Um, you know, there's always been a theme to the competition. Um, and yeah, I do think people are being more open, more willing to share things that are difficult for them. Hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's about public perception of mental health or something different? I think it must be because wh why would they, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, you know, a writing competition. The fact it was around 10 years ago um, doesn't mean you've got different, different people, you know, different thoughts and why would, why would I not write that? So they must be willing for these things to be out in the open. Mm. Um, there's also the fact that, well, until you're a finalist reading it out at the end, and you don't even have to, we wouldn't give people's names if they didn't want to, but it is anonymous. Mm. Um, you know, yeah, there's a prize, you know, yeah, they might get the kudos of being, you know, winning or being a finalist, but it's also... Well, here's an anonymous way of putting it in because we're told don't put your name on it and you know things like that. But, but yeah, definitely public perception has changed. We all know it's stigma still there, and it's um, well, I say it's not going away. That's not true because it has moved an awful lot in the past. The time I've been around mental um, and mental health, and I personally think self stigma's the biggest hurdle at the minute. How do you think that impacts people who, who try and uh, write about their ex experiences? Do you, have you ever found that to be a struggle for anyone? Um, yeah, but we're, we're maybe not going to see that as much because we see the ones that I've got over that and I've sent in their entries. So, um, but there's a lot of writing groups that take part. You know, whoever's running the writing group might say, let's, um, you know, write, let's, you know, the theme is this year it was perceptions let's write, you know, write about that. And if you want to submit it to the competition, um, you can. So we're not going to see ones that are struggling and not happy with what they've written and not wanting to get it out there. But I know from some of the writing groups that, it, yeah, it brings issues up for people mm. uh, that they then struggle with, but it brings them out so they can then talk about it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Has anyone ever written about self-stigma that, uh, that sticks out to you? Do you know, I can't think of one that can't actually sticks out mm -hmm. um, right at the minute, no. Um, so just on that about public attitudes then, um, how often did uh, people speak about mental health, uh, both their own and more generally, perhaps before you, uh, I know obviously you were Chief Exec for Bipolar Scotland, so <laughs> you're going to have spoken, <laughs> speaking about mental health, but maybe more generally in public life and then uh, to after you were involved in the Arts Festival, did you see anything change or shift? Um, I think as the actual festival has grown, there's definitely more openness. I, re I really think that, that it helps, especially when there's things like, things get on telly, whether it's news or, you know, short, some of the short films or, or, or things like that. And it really makes, I think it really makes people think. Um, and just going along with the whole fact that public attitudes are changing um, in, in many ways. But I do think having this, having the arts out there, linked to things just it maybe reaches different audiences it gets to different people although I'm probably rambling a lot here mm. <laughs> <laughs> although I don't know whether people who are, are more have a more arty mind that are maybe more creative and used to thinking outside the box just are more open-minded anyway mm. um, so there's maybe not the same perceptions within um, that kind of world as the wider population. Mm. I don't know, that's just me making up things. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's <laughs> But what, So if you think stigma has shifted a little bit, um, obviously within a creative or arts community, like you're saying, that does make sense that they would be a little bit more open in general. But what do you think has contributed to stigma shifting um, over the even the 10 years that you've been doing the, the writing fest, the writing awards? Awareness. Getting messages out there that, you know, mental illness is an illness, you know, as well, many different illnesses, but you know what I mean? You know, that it's not something to be afraid of. You know, are you going to tell people that you've got a physical illness? Well, why wouldn't you tell them you've got a mental illness? It's, what, what is the difference? Mm. Um, and I really think Things like See Me, well, See Me has been huge in um, helping with the stigma that's in the public domain. Uh, but lot, lots of organisations are doing it. There's more awareness on like television programmes. Soaps are, are actually great for um, raising issues and how they deal with it. And I know they, and I suppose that's the arts as well, um, they consult really well. You know, we've been involved in consulting on um, bipolar storylines and they really go, you know, the extra mile to make sure they're presenting things properly and understanding it, mm, um, which I think is really good. Yeah, definitely. And so it's almost, uh, do you feel there's maybe a, a somewhat of a, a, a movement to normalisation of health mm. more generally? Yeah, I mean, we're not there, and who knows if we ever will get there, but there's definitely a huge, huge, huge shift from way back, like 2002 is when I first came into the mental health field. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a totally different world now. 
um, from that and hopefully that'll just carry on and carry on. I mean, mental health's talked about everywhere. You know, anything in this current situation, anytime the Scottish Government in particular are talking about anything, they're acknowledging the mental health effect, the effects it's going to have on people's mental health. Um, and that, that that's huge because certainly um, a lot of work that's been going on has been to get mental health in every government policy. Mm. And I think we're on the way to that. But, yeah. So, um, just you mentioned earlier about uh, the, fest the festival being linked with the Poetry Awards straight away and then them being able to help you find uh, areas to do the award ceremonies mm -hmm. but how else was it that you found people to connect with and uh, get their entries involved in the in the awards oh gosh we're going to be back thinking about that we just we publicized it wherever we could I mean going um yeah you know we put it out in all our channels we asked every organization that we were in contact with um to you know put it in their newsletters and Think and things like that. We we just pushed it as much as much as we could. We're very small, um, although we're bipolar Scotland. We are really small. Back in those days, we had there was four of us and three were part time. Um, so yeah, it was a big, a big, a big task. So really, yeah, it was just pushing it and getting onto all our contacts and getting our board to get onto their contacts and you know put that put it out there. Mm. Um, I wish I could if I was in the office I would have had a chance to go and look up how many entries we actually got for the first one but not having access to that information of course um, yeah. I could not remember and I couldn't find all the old brochures on the uh, SMAF website oh no problem <laughs> so within that then do you think that things like social media has helped uh, increase the oh, number yeah. of entries and people yeah, getting yeah definitely yeah because you didn't have you, you didn't have that although it wasn't the dark ages we did have internet <laughs> we could email people and things but um yeah you could definitely get things out more and it's not a case of well i've sent it to that organization it's a big carry on to send it to them again you know you're just reminding people um and obviously reaching a wider audience so because it's always been an international competition but how do people hear about it so through social media um, and things different groups are picking it up um so you've got writing groups here will maybe put it on their pages and then other writing groups that that's the kind of thing they're looking for will find it and so it spreads that way so definitely social media is brilliant for that kind of thing yeah um writing groups as well there you mentioned so was that a way to encourage people that maybe hadn't spoken about their mental health within their writing before to get involved or were a lot of the writing groups already connected with um mental health foundation or see me and yourself both, um, both, because there's like not or writing groups that are nothing to do with mental health. You know, just write, writing groups or groups of like, unpublished writers coming together, kind of thing. That's more nowadays with what Facebook groups and things like that. Um, so yeah, that would that would obviously encourage them. I mean, the writing doesn't have to be about mental health. You know, it can be about anything relating to the the theme minute, and it is. It's wide and varied. Um, but obviously people take the opportunity to relate it to their own situation a lot um, because that's where powerful writing can come from. Mm. Um, but there's like writing groups, one of the main ones that always enter and we're in contact with is uh, Leverndale. Now, whether it's an actual writing group or creative group, I'm 
and I'm sure they've got the as a writing group, but you know they're always been really involved right from the start, and that's um, because the guy that ran it um, was really into it himself. Hmm. Um, that's good. And then so when you guys put pulled the put, well put the idea together in general, did you have any consideration of the audience of who would be reading the the work or uh, who would uh, find the work on the festival's website? Was that ever a consideration? And, or was not, right, not right at the beginning. It was definitely linked to the idea of the festival being there because um, Aileen that started it, you know, she, the festival was its early days and she'd said, what could, you know, we could do this. This is, you know, this is something we could do and, we, and we'll tie it in around the time of the festival. Um, so it was always linked in our heads um, in some way. I'm just trying to think. What were, what were my train of thought just disappeared. Oh no, you're fine. Um, <laughs> so, so sorry, I was just yeah. I was just saying, had there ever been a consideration of who was reading the work? The reading, um, yeah, or the audience more generally. We must have talked about it because you would be, you know, you would be thinking about that. But it was, I think, it was more about the people getting involved in it themselves rather than who are we, you know, who's going to come in and see it because. Or, or you know how is it going to get out to people to read it um but we we did always put the final results into a booklet of some kind even back then when we just you know cobbled something together ourselves mm-hmm. um and we know that the audience that came along to hear the readings um certainly originally was mostly friends and family of you know the, the people that were the finalists although there was the there was people that just went to things in the wider festival that um, we were on the programme. So that was quite good. Was there, has there ever been uh, an audience reaction to something that, that stuck out to you? A piece of work or anything? Oh gosh. Um, there, was, there was one poem a few years ago and to be honest, it, it almost didn't make the final because when you read it, yeah, it was good, but it didn't seem to stand out. And then it was one of the judges who said, but see if you read this. He said, Alfred looked at that and I felt it should be read like a rap. Um, so see if you read it like that, it's completely different. So he read it like that and we went, oh yeah, we hadn't actually read it like that, just the way it came across. Um, and we were really, in, and it ended up being, I, I don't think it won, but it ended up being in the top three, I think actually. And when the person who had written it came to read it out, we didn't know if she, if we didn't know if it had really been her intention or not, because it wasn't obviously that. And when she read that out, that's exactly how she did it, and it was absolutely brilliant. So what's quite, what's interesting, and it's a shame for some pieces of work, is that they are brilliant as performance pieces, but you can't p- always pick that up from reading them. Hmm. Um, so that one, that one, that one did stand out. And actually, what was really good about that is that the person that wrote it, yes, she. Um, does a bipolar, she was actually a doctor herself as well. And although she lives in England, she's got involved in doing stuff with us now and moving on from that. So it's quite good. That's really cool. I'd be interested to read that one. Um, and so what was the, what successes have you had overall for, from the, the, the festival and being involved in that more generally, but also the, competition the writing awards is there anything that sticks out to you as like a 
a success story? Some, not not one in particular, but the, the people who it really helps. Like when we get to the awards um, and the people come along to read their work out and some of them had just put it in and they didn't think it was any good and, you know, but I'll just put it in anyway. And what you've done for their confidence. And, you know, I didn't think I could stand up here and read that, but I've done that and they are just so, so happy. And their families quite often will come and say to you, this has been absolutely brilliant for them. It's really, really helped them. And that's just really nice to see that. Um, because the kind, the kind of organisation we are, like, say we're very small, we're a membership organisation and we get people, we're not a helpline or anything, but we get people on the phone all the time. Um, and I always say, I don't care what big strategy or reports we've got to do, if one person's come on the phone and I've helped them by speaking to them, then that's what we're here, that's what we're about. And that, well, that, that's what makes me realise why we're here. Um, so people having that having that reaction to to, he, to watching other people respond to what they're reading and, and saying is just brilliant. Um, so yeah. And uh, were there any challenges that you faced setting up the the awards? Um, because we started off really low key, um, we just did we just did what we could, and it was sort of feeling our way to getting the processes in place for how we were doing it as much as anything. Um, the main challenge with the first one was because we had a big situation that I touched on um, when, it came to, when it came to the awards, uh, which meant the host was unable to present it um, and we were all worried about them. And the author who was meant to, I think it was a poet, I can't actually remember who it was, but who was meant to be doing a little reading at it and helping with it, he pulled out at the last minute and sent a substitute as well. So the actual award you had, you actually had quite a big audience in the CCA and it was, what are we going to do here? You know, and it genuinely was sort of last minute. It was like, right, you need to go and chair this and host it. And here's so-and-so coming on that you've never met before and wasn't involved in judging and doesn't really know what's going on. And fortunately, this guy was brilliant. He was just really good and really natural and, you know, was able to talk and things. And um, it worked. But, yeah, these kind of things are challenges when it comes to events. So we've been quite happy to pass the handling of that over to the festival since we've been doing it officially with them. <laughs> And when you mentioned uh, your work kind of doing the admin side of things at the start, yeah. were you ever, uh, did you have, ever have any issues with trying to get funding for, for parts of the awards or because it was low key, was it not so? Yeah, we didn't, we've actually only once or twice gone for funding specifically for it. We've just kind of incorporated it into what we've done um, and managed to do that. But the admin side can be quite time consuming, but that's our part of being a partner in the festival because we've never been in a position that we're able to say, oh, well, you know, we'll put money into being part of the festival. So we've sort of always done it in kind by mm. um, doing that side of it. If you did it as you went along when the entries came in and you logged a couple at a time and didn't leave them till the very end and have to do 200 together, it might be a bit... <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the past few years, my admin person has actually been off sick 
always right at the time of the festival. So, um, yeah, I've had to try and fit it in and I managed to. I managed to get a volunteer this year to do it, which was, would you believe, my my daughter home for a week's holiday from France. <laughs> and I said, do you fancy coming in and doing this for me? Because I know you can do it. And that was actually brilliant. And she's like, well, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's volunteering. I'm mm-hmm. happy, thank goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> or you're in the wrong place at the wrong time you're related to me <laughs> totally um and so what just kind of more generally about mental health and and the arts then mm-hmm. what do you think it's important that mental health is covered in arts for like why is that important i think it gives people a like the creative outlet gives people a way to bring things out of themselves and express themselves um I mean, I see it in a I see it in a personal way. My my son struggles with anxiety and depression, and I know when he's having a hard time, I can hear him on his guitar and singing. You know, so I think, all right, you're obviously struggling, but that's your way of getting things out there. Um, I spoke quieter in case he can hear me. <laughs> he moved back home for lockdown. <laughs> um, so you know, I can see that I can see that firsthand. So writing things down just as a way of being a therapy for people. I hate using that word, but um, it does help people. Mm. So I really think the arts is underrated, maybe, in, in some ways, as to it's not just some nice, some sort of nice thing stuck on the end of, you know, it's there to access if you want to. It can be a really, really hugely important part of helping people feel good. And uh, who is it, do you feel is most likely to be impacted in a positive way by attending these arts events? Anybody. I mean, I, I, yeah, anybody. You know, if you're struggling yourself, it can, it can help, you know, it can help. But say you're somebody who's just going, oh, my friend's going to this, they mean I'm going to go with them, whatever. I've seen people that get, oh, I didn't think this was going to affect me so much. Like I took, um, I took my sister-in-law last year um, to the to the awards because she wanted to see Ian Rankin there, um, and she's like, I had no idea this would be like this. This is just amazing, and these people's stories are like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you don't know who. It's actually one of these things you do not know who, you don't know how something is going to affect you. I think things can get you in just so many different ways because the arts is most is about feeling things mm. um, so you really don't know and how do you think that arts has then impacted the way we view mental health more generally um i think the festivals become such a big part of the mental health world over the past years um that has made that it's made it more mainstream and more um sort of accepted as a way of working through things and dealing with things you know it's, i think it's become more widely accepted that being creative being involved in arts is something that can have a positive effect on people mm. uh, rather than a way and paint a picture <laughs> or you know or or, or or something um it's not just oh 
yeah, they're doing that as a therapy for something to occupy them. It's actually what's it doing? How's it making your mind work? Whether it is going to do something that doesn't make you think, you know, it can be taking you completely away from it, and that might be what you need. Um, I know I'm the least artistic person I know, but I do diamond art, just sticking the wee dots onto things, and I actually go and do that at night, and can, you can lose a couple of hours, and then you're not, your brain's not going, oh God, what else have I got to do, what have I got to do, you know, and that's not, I, I, I don't have a, you know, mental health condition, um, but everybody struggles at times, um, so, you know, if, if, so you've got that kind of thing, or, again, the writing, the singing, whatever, that is actually bringing out what's inside you, mm. and the and do you think there's a way for the arts to tackle discrimination? I know previously you, st you spoke about stigma, which is obviously linked, mm -hmm. but is there a way that it could impact that? I think all, all you can do is just keep plugging away, away, raising awareness. And then when things become more mainstream, it's accepted. You know, and, and discrimination, stigma, both lessen. Um, I don't if I had the magic answer to how to get rid of that, it'd be wonderful. I wish somebody did. But I think raising awareness has worked so far and just keeping on at it, making things accepted and more mainstream. Hmm. And uh, how, how do you, would you like to see the relationship between the mental health and arts in Scotland develop in the next five to ten years? Oh, I think keep keep going and doing what they're doing because I think the festival, the festival, the festival is an integral part of what goes on in mental health in Scotland um, now and just keep it, you know, keep it going, developing it in ways that suit the way the world operates and who knows what's going to change now um but i mean i go to the meetings of you know when they have the big meetings of all the different areas and everybody that's involved in the festival and there's an awful lot of people involved all over scotland and it's just you know and that that's really really grown um and people take it you know make such big things in their own areas and that's what get that's what's going to reach people and just make things um a part of everyday life Mm -hmm. and I think, I think that's uh, yeah I think I think that's important I mean I've been my like my main thing I'm missing just now is going to the theatre you know it's a huge part of my life and an awful lot of people are um the same and it's not highbrow it's musicals <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to the National Theatre of Scotland or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> um I'm missing that I'm not going to Les Mis next week <laughs> oh I know or Book and Mormon or whatever it was it's, uh, anyway um yeah so Actually, things like that have made arts in general a, a bigger part of society as a whole. So adding the mental health field to it helps get a message out there and reach people that aren't going to read serious messages. Mm. I mean, arts in general is a pretty significant part of uh, like Scottish culture and experience. You've obviously got the Edinburgh festivals, like international as well, and all around the world. Do you think it's... Um, a pretty kind of is it is it quite a human thing that we've linked mental health and arts or do you think there's something to do with like Scottish culture there that we've we've done that and created something so big? 
with the festival? Probably a bit of both. I think the size of Scotland makes these things um, easier to do than, you know, say somebody said, let's have an English festival just specifically for England because we're smaller. Um, in the mental health world, because it was the mental health arts festival, the mental health world is small. Um, and the voluntary sector, the organisations all work really well together. So there's, it's easier to get, you know, to do the, it's easier to do these things like that. And definitely for a lot of things, because we have access to government um, in a much easier way than many other places, it makes it easier to get the message out there at the highest level as well. So, yeah, being, being Scotland's probably got quite a lot to do with it. And people are open, as you say, people are wanting to go and see things and, and do things. And especially when in the early days when they had the big concerts and the music and, you know, you did things like Frightened Rabbit and people getting really involved in all that. I know um, when Isabella set it up, she just could not believe how it took off and um, what has happened to the festival. It's amazing. So I think it's a bit of both. It's a bit of everything. And do you think that um, the the kind of public conversation in Scotland is moving on in any way different to the other parts of the UK? Or I think we're yeah, kind of because I think we're always quite different, and I genuinely think a lot of it's to do with well our mindset as well, probably. But our, the size of you know I will stand by the the size of Scotland makes it easier for people to. Um, communicate and to know what other people are doing um but i know in a lot of what like, there's an awful lot of voluntary organizations and we do such a lot between us we cover most of the things that are going on you know probably a lot of statutory services we don't quote that one um and but we work together people aren't fighting each other for what like, there's funding for this or that well i want that so you can't you can't you know go near it since we've had the Scottish Mental Health Partnership, everybody kind of works together and it impinges on all aspects of what we're, what we're doing. So mm. I know that if you're talking to English organisations, um, they can be quite envious of the fact that funding's easier to get. It's not easy. It's never easy. So don't, <laughs> it's not easy, but it's easier to speak to the people in power. Right. Um, and I think it's just the way, it's also just the way Scottish people are. I'm not going to sit back and say that's not going to work. Mm. <laughs> We're going to do it. <laughs>